0: Hi guys, welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast. This is episode number 81. So, you might be inching up on 40 just like myself. I figured since I am almost 40, I should probably talk about it even though I hate to say it, but it pains me a bit. I am excited about getting a bit older, but I also you know, I guess I just sort of fall under that typical societal norm and stigma that the older you get, maybe, you know, the more uh, I I actually don't know what all the stigmas are. But you you know what I'm talking about. Milestone birthdays are also um, another part of society in which we tend to over celebrate. And I don't think it's that important I suppose some of the best birthdays I've ever had were just random birthdays so I would say embrace every single one that you have but more so than that celebrate your friends I've always thrown parties for my own birthdays because I wanted to tell my friends thank you for being such a good friend and I didn't know any other way to do it other than for their birthday um, I am a gift giver all the way. I love putting together gift bags and packages and presents. Um, it is in Japanese culture to give omiyage, which is something from my culture or my heart to yours. And so I watch my mother do that as a child. Children learn by what their parents do, not by what their parents say. So it, naturally, I never show up for a meeting uh, or some sort of a, event if If I'm able to bring a gift, I will bring a gift. Anyways, I hope you guys had a great Easter weekend. And now we'll start the show. Taking into consideration that we all will pay taxes and we will all die. We should enjoy the years that we have because they are limited. And that is a sure thing. And when it comes to becoming almost 40, there were a lot of very hard lessons from the time I turned 30 in New York City, to where I am right now, virtually weeks away from the day, Um, doing a lot of introspection. Um, There's a term inner space, instead of outer space that we should really be exploring most of the time, wondering, minding our own business, tending to our own business, um, and helping each other along the way. I've learned um, some of the deepest lessons in this decade. I want you all to know that your 20s are for partying and doing whatever the fuck you want and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Please enjoy it. Um, I miss it. (laughs) But I also didn't have a lot of money in the bank. I didn't have respect I wanted or merit I earned. I didn't have any clout. And I was a kid, you know. Then your 30s are really those formative years where you have got to learn how to set yourself up for success later on in life. So you've got to start aligning all the stars, picking the right people to surround yourself with, focusing on business that really matters to you, and like not just working for the man or the dollar or the check, just starting to get really smart. I've noticed in my late 30s, um, you really end up learning the differences between an asset and a liability. And that is probably um, something that everybody should work towards as they near the end of their 30s. It's important for us to prioritize our health because we know from here on out, it's going to decline. It's not fully true. You know, you still can obviously learn, grow, inspire, you gain so much wisdom and momentum as you get older and as I get older my two favorite people to hang out with are typically my parents and then my partner my cat and then your friend group will just naturally and organically become much smaller and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that it would be crazy and I would be mental if I kept all my friends from my 20s I mean I was I was a social girl so I'd like to think that when we grow we sort of learn that inner space that we need to explore we need to learn what really matters at the end of the day and if you think of this is sad but if you think of somebody's eulogy you typically think of what they were known and remembered for and you can think of an exercise You know, today even, it's a bit sad, but think to yourself, if somebody was reading off a eulogy for me, what would they say about my character? What would they say about the kind of person I was? Who do I wish to be? What kind of a legacy do I want to leave? And what kind of mark do I want to put in this world? You know, these are the weird swirling questions that happen in your brain as the 39 year old female who's in business, who has a pretty good, you know, run. Um, I did hear a very good quote um, from Rumi. I believe Ariana Huffington had noted this during a conversation with Oprah. And that's where a lot of my inspiration has come from the last few weeks. Um, I, When I do some heavy driving, I listen to the Super Soul podcast, which I recommend you listen to. Tracy Morgan, his episode with Oprah is outstanding. Ariana Huffington, who is a friend and colleague, uh, she has... An impressive resume. And then India Ari is a beautiful soul with a magic story that really aligns with my own and probably yours too. But one of the quotes that Ariana and Oprah spoke about was You have to live life thinking that it was rigged in your favor. And if you can have the perspective that everything is rigged in your favor, then you sort of put yourself up like and beyond and forward. It's sort of like always magically knowing that the high road is going to be the road to take, even though it's the harder road. The hardest lesson I learned in the last 10 years from 30 to 40 was that not everybody wants to share good morals and good values. Um, it, It was actually my partner that pointed it out to me. I thought everybody gave a shit about being a good person, but I found out I must be an idiot for thinking that for all of these years. Um, I don't know if I've told the story, but I often think about if people want to know the kind of parents that raised me. My dad was a nuclear auditor, which meant you always had to be on and you, you know, Millions of lives depended on your safety and you essentially were Superman. You could make zero errors through work and you had to be on all the time. And at their beck and call, um, he once found a wad of cash outside of a bank and he went in and returned the cash and he, he virtually had no label or anything on it. Indeed, it did belong to somebody who was trying to deposit the money and they dropped it. And they ended up writing my dad a letter and giving him a little Mickey Mouse doll. Um, and I just thought these are the kind, these are the kinds of people that I want to be like, I want to emulate my dad. Would I put the cash in my pocket? (laughs) I I don't know. Pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, ask me. (laughs) I mean, this was a long time ago. Um, what about you? Like would you have put the cash, a wad of cash in your pocket? And they weren't ones, they were, you know, a significant amount of money. Um but, you know, we speak about karma quite a bit. It's not a trend, it's not cool, it's not something that we should throw around lightly. It is a real practice in Buddhism. And I really believe, I still believe in the core value that what you put out and what you give is what you shall receive and what you will get. I am not sure when that transformation or tipping point is supposed to reveal itself. But I do know that if you've been working at all ends, nonstop, trying to be a good person, making your own stars align making all ends meet, working paycheck to paycheck, working for the man. One day, I really think that you'll be able to sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labor. I'm not sure when that time is going to be for all of us, but we may have to start right now and actually start living our dreams right now in this moment because tomorrow is not promised to us. And we know that this is as good as it's going to get. You know, life is pretty good. If you have a roof over your head and running water, like I said, always in this podcast, then you were lucky and you won the lottery. You could find a million fucking things to complain about right now, which is very American. Very American. Watch Ronnie Chang stand up and you'll find out he, oh my God, the guy's so funny. I think it's Asian Destroys America on Netflix that That's the best stand-up he's ever done so far. Um, and a couple of segments on The Daily Show. But just saying, he'll give you a perfect depiction of coming to this country from Singapore and Australia, originally Malaysian, and explaining how Americans just complain about everything. Everything sucks. Your life sucks. Netflix sucks. <laughs> and it's awesome because it's like you have to laugh at it because it's so it's so true your parents the boomers and their parents um, they lived through a much rougher time than we did I mean my dad got drafted into Vietnam at 20 years old and he doesn't complain about anything I mean the guy's like salt to the earth like good guy doesn't mean he's perfect by any means but he doesn't complain about a whole lot With my mother, she grew up with Nagasaki uh, in the aftermath of Nagasaki. So Japan was going through hard recovery when, when she was born. Her older sisters lived through the war and my grandparents lived through Nagasaki. The bomb dropped 100 miles away from their house. And then my father's grandparents, not only did they survive the war, but my grandpa was a POW And I'll tell more about that story in my upcoming book with Audible. And then my um, grandmother had to hold down the fort with four kids running a farm on her own. And my father often reminds me that if I think I have a lot of work on my plate, that you should really look at what your grandparents did for you so that you could live the privileged life that you have right now. I mean, I'm recording a fucking podcast. Like, it's it's probably doesn't get much better than this. Even though this is free public service journalism, I think we should take hard, reflective looks in the mirror. This week, I know most of you are millennials or you're Gen Z, and I really appreciate all of you that listen, especially if you're, say, you're older or you're even younger. I love the variety of various generations that we can share Wabi Sabi with, mainly because I'm not open to one expression. I'm open to a multitude of colors. And I think when you all write to me about what you want to hear and see, the new belief systems or the old ones, the ancient, the modern, the zeitgeist, these are all things that we can really hone in on and start believing that life will get better with time and ease my mother is still teaching at 72 years old god bless her and my father still volunteers every single week at the food bank god bless him he's been retired for a bit now but i mean if you were in the military and then a nuclear auditor i'm happy that he got to retire when he did well deserved brava you put two daughters through college and they did pretty damn well we're not perfect. I would call myself psycho for many different experiences in my life, <laughs> and you know what? When I say that, you guys, I really want you to take it with a grain of salt. Like, people can be comedic and be themselves, and we don't have to take ourselves so seriously. Um, I have a shirt that says "psycho" on it because it was so funny, and I would wear it on the subway in New York sometimes. But when we look back at our last ten dec or our ten decades, ten years. You know, our last decade, whether it was 20 to 30 or 30 to 40, these are really great years for us to review our own work and say, what have I done over the last 10 years? Did I make a really good contribution to this world? What did I do to improve myself to be a better person? And what can I still do and continue to do to improve who I am as a person? Because little incremental steps that make you better and better with time, like Kaizen, continuously improving in Japanese. Kaizen is a practice in which we believe that incrementally all businesses can improve with time. And I love applying the strategy to life itself and the practice of being a better person. Um, I may be an idiot to think that everybody is a good person but I want to believe that in everyone's core and essence there's a spirit in there and that it is a good person and that everybody has a human heart and that everybody has the capacity to change and be better. First and foremost I'm the most imperfect person which is why this podcast makes perfect sense and every week I have to regather my thoughts about what we could talk about today that's really going to help you to improve your life and get you to the next level. So another big piece of the last 10 years to remember is admitting that you're not perfect and you're never going to be. And in fact, nobody even wants to see that side of you. The other thing to note is like not everybody is going to be in your favor. Not everybody's on your team. And not everybody is going to be kind to you. In fact, the bigger your platform gets, or the more successful you become, the more jealous people and conniving people will come after you. Or they will simply just resent you and make your life hell. And that is part of the game. Things have gotten incrementally worse for public figures. Uh, Social media has virtually destroyed privacy and brought out a whole wave of trolls that won't stop. So it's become a societal norm to speak openly and poorly about your thoughts on other people, places or things. And I think we can regroup and sort of say to ourselves, is this something that I'm proud of? You know, if you are out there trolling or writing things that are not quite kind about others, I don't actually think it contributes any good to society. So we must recalibrate during our 10 years are are wonderful decades you know of 20 30 40 50 60 no matter where you are in life you're good you're good you're just and right where you're supposed to be so don't wish you were fucking 40 and don't wish you were 20 i'm not going to wish i was 20 it's way too crazy so and i'm glad i grew up when i did by the way cuz if everybody taped everything that i did my whole life i think i would be completely mental and out of my mind but now we have to figure out how to regroup and sort of detach from all technology and I think it's really important for us to embrace the time that we spend off of any app and your phone so for that books are wonderful a swim in the ocean traveling to the islands of Hawaii Tahiti Japan Okinawa go somewhere do something Think about what kind of legacy that you want to leave with your life. And also, if you don't have anything kind to say about other people, don't say anything at all. I know that sounds like the dumbest preschool shenanigans, but it's like we constantly have to repeat it. And please don't make being a bad, shitty person or a scam artist normalized. It's not normal. It's bad behavior. And people should go to jail if they scam other people, period. I don't need to repeat myself in that fucking statement. I can't fucking believe that people normalized bad behavior over the last decade. But we've seen it and experienced it with our own eyes and ears. And my God, as a journalist, I won't, I I wish I could say not on my watch, but, you know, it's not my watch. It's a crazy world that we live in. And that's why podcast number 80 referred to how to be spiritual, enlightened, one with the current climate in a very twisted world. The world has actually always been quite twisted. It's been full of demons, struggles, suffering, pain, tolerance, abuse, horrible things happen. War. I mean, I often talk about my beloved affliction with war because of where I come from. It's part of my cellular makeup and my genetic background like survival messengers there's so much more about that and myself coming out in my new book but this is really about you this is an opportunity for you to grow today I'm glad that you are listening to this podcast at this very moment because right now you are exactly where you are supposed to be take a deep breath in take a deep breath out I would love to mention, too, that plenty of good things happened in the last 10 years. I don't want to get teary, but I did write three of my favorite books, *Cling Green Eats, Clean Green Drinks, and Kintsugi Wellness during this decade. Um, I launched this podcast in 2018. I moved between New York back to California I wrote and shot a documentary for NHK World. I threw some of the most fucking amazing parties in New York City. And we always like, I mean, we had packed houses back then. It was crazy. I don't want to get teary, but you know, it's been good. A lot of dreams came to pass and I checked a lot of boxes off. Um, I also really do think it's time for me to sort of move away behind my own mother's shadow as I sort of lived this life that she she did not want me to be a public figure but I sort of became the woman that I think she wanted me to be on tv and although I'll always be that I think it's time for me to also like go out into the world and this goes for you. You know, don't live the life that your parents wanted for you. You've got to live for yourself. When people confine us into parameters and boxes and put us inside of a room and lock the door, as an artist, you can't fit inside of the room. You won't be able to stay inside of that box and the parameters will always be shattered because you can't put an artist in a glass with glass ceiling and in a glass room with a glass ceiling. It just doesn't work. There is no ceiling and there is no floor and the work that we do as artists is infinite. I mean, I can go out tomorrow and, and the beauty of being an artist is I can go and fucking create anything I want right now in this moment. And you can too. And that is the beauty of Wabi Sabi. Anything and all things really go. I think I'm I'm most proud of just becoming this woman that could shoot, you know, bikinis for Victoria's Secret, but at the same time, step on a news set for NHK and report on Nagasaki survivors. And somehow there's a a parallel between all the things that I do, whether it's books, magazines, writing, podcasting, TV, reporting, journalism, shooting for beauty brands, tequila brands, whiskey brands, magazines, judging on Iron Chef, going on Beat Bobby Flay, going to Dr. Oz, going to E! News, going to Daily Pop. Whether it's one end of the spectrum or the other, I can be all things to all people and you can too. But we need to remember to also... Let everybody shine where they are deserving of that time to shine. Because you can't really be for everyone. What I'm just saying is there's an array, a spectrum of what you can be within a decade. And if you can do it all, then fucking do it. Don't let anybody hold you back from your dreams. I came from nowhere, like virtually out of left field and made everything happen. Just a few days ago, Evan Sung, a well-renowned New York Times photographer, was out to dinner with my friend Cassandra, who works closely with other chefs like Akhtar Nawab and Mark Forione. A, a lot of my old guy friends are in that wheelhouse and I love them. They're like ride or die New York chefs that taught me a lot when I was living in the city. And she said she she was out to dinner with Evan and took a picture and sent it to me And then she said, Evan thought there's no way in hell you would remember him. And I was like, yeah, Evan Sung, Lauren Dean days, like cook yourself thin. Why would I not remember him? And the answer is, is a lot of people in media are really shallow. And once they hit like the big mark, they get really lame and they like stop talking to all the people that they came up with. But my bottom line is, as a child of immigrants, like, I will always praise the people that I came up with. Those are your colleagues. That's like your blood and sweat. That's your family, you know? And I was so happy to hear that Evan had become, like, the most sought-after food photographer in New York City. And rightfully so. The guy's easy to work with, does great work, works with integrity, works with kindness. He's very quiet. He does a great job. He shot Cook Yourself Thin when we were on set with Lifetime. I want to say that was about a decade ago. And you know, it's a good thing that we all went through this time together. I, I know a lot of you have been following me since the Top Chef days. And so much has changed since then. That's well over a decade. And I do think it's really good that we've grown together. And there's like no judgment. And you can still look back and see how dumb or silly, or funny, or young. I was on that show, which, you know, cringeworthy, total cringe. But what the fuck were you wearing in 2004? Or whenever that was, 2006? I don't know. What were you wearing? I mean, I obviously, the clothes, I can't even. Massive cringe. But it's all good. At least, you know, we all know where we come from. And Um, I'm going to say that I'm grateful. All the lessons that you've learned in your life, you should be grateful for because they all taught you something different along the way. So point being, remember the people that you came up with. Praise them. When they make it, high five, man. Give them a huge applause. And then down the line, when you make it, they're going to be there waiting for you saying, brava, you did a great job. And we've been watching you. That's the best feeling in the world is when you finally make it and people are like, dude, I take my hat off to you because I know you've been doing this for about 20 years now and you've made a big difference in this world. That's a good feeling. One of the last notes before you turn 40 or you move into a new decade is to remember to take the high road every time you possibly can People do take notes and when they see you shining there and standing tall and bright and you've got this light and aura around you, they are going to want what you are doing. Girl, let me tell you, I've met, I met Lena Dunham once at Well and Good Retreat in Palm Springs and I remembered um, she tried to hide her, the food she was eating from me and I was like, Lena, really? I, was, I, I don't give a shit. Like, honestly, whatever persona I put out there, as far as like healthy eating goes, I, I just do it all. You know, like I eat it all, like no judgment. And then I remembered that she had said something to me once in a comment, like, I'll have what you're having, Candace. And it's good to feel loved by your peers, to be noticed. And she is a wonderful, pr- prolific writer and also director in her right. Life is really interesting because when you're good, you'll be really surprised down the line at who takes stock and notice of the good work that you're doing. So I always try to support my female peers because I know how hard they've worked to get to where they're going. Make sure that you do the same for them. You know, I've I've worked in media for a really long time now and I feel like I know who supports me and I know who hates on me that is a really fine line when you get older the beauty of being in your 40s I suppose is like you really just stop caring as much so while we cared so much about what other people thought in our 20s and maybe you're still doing that into your 30s know that it will slowly melt away a bit into your 40s which is a relief a relief lastly I do really think that we should still value the art of integrity. And I think as my father suggested to me this weekend when we were hanging out for Easter weekend, he said, at some point, a threshold will be broken. He said, influencers aren't going to be able to make money off of posts or TikTok or Instagram for the rest of their lives. It's just not going to happen. If you think it's here to stay... That may be true, but there is a threshold. There's a graveyard of people out there already that have tried doing it, that gave up. Only the strongest, hardest working, and those who work with clout and integrity will be the last ones standing. All the rest will sort of melt away, and nobody will care. So it's important to do the work. Get a real job. If you are an entrepreneur, Then know the difference between your assets and liabilities. Start focusing on those assets and learn to grow your business. It is okay to be broke, miserable, suffering, in pain, addicted, totally at whack job. You're all good. Depressed, anxious. I was those things, all of them. A party girl. I don't care. I turn out fine. What was I gonna do not party like that would be so boring the point of life is to live it fully to the fullest the way you want to fuck what everybody else is doing fuck what they think just get out there and live what do you want to do look back on your life and say to yourself I'm so glad I did what everybody wanted me to do I'm so glad I bought into the hype I am so glad I was a follower man I loved it. What a great, yeah, I was a follower. You know, no. I want you to go out and live your best life for you. Do what you want. Everybody is different. I still don't understand why people recommend makeup and skincare for one person. It should always be a variance. (laughs) My friends used to make fun of me for saying that word so much during cookbook shoots. Don't forget the variance. But variance is like the fucking salt to the earth, like that shit you want to breathe, the stardust to life. I love it. I live for that. Being multicultural and multifaceted is in style. And I think it's here to stay. Integrity never goes out of style. Hard work and good work. Quality work never goes out of style. And frankly, I would rather set the trends and the tones and the zeitgeist of the next generations than waste time Posting dumb shit all the time. I'm just not into it. So don't worry. At some point, the threshold will be broken. Mark my words. What is the date today? Today is April 18th, 2022. 2.27 p.m. PST. Mark my words. One day this shit is going to be over. And you're going to feel so dumb if you wasted so much of your beautiful life, precious time, and worries on utter bullshit. Don't worry about it. I would do anything to go back to the magazine reading, TV channel remote days. With a home phone. Anything. But unfortunately, it's just not how things panned out for all of us. So we're all jumbled together in this large group of suffering and struggle. And life itself, as we know in Buddhist practice, is suffering. So therefore, we must now learn We've got the cards that we've been dealt for this decade how are we going to play the game how do you choose to play your deck of cards choose wisely spend your money wisely save i don't care what anybody says real estate market is not the same market it was 30 years ago so stop comparing you know i love rich dad poor dad robert t kiyosaki very different game now than when the book was written some very important advice to still follow but as far as buying a foreclosure or bankruptcy house or whatever i mean the odds of that are slim to none at this point but you keep going and you find a way work with great realtors make sure you set up those assets versus the liabilities and see how you can work through your own debt there's a lot of chat about debt in his work and i think it's very interesting don't latch on to one person when it comes to money. Okay, there's no there's no Susie Orman anymore. Bye-bye. Thanks for wasting our time. There's, you know, Dave Ramsey also bye. Not interested. I'm sorry that I've gone through, uh, you know, uh, roll attacks of different people to follow in that area and I've learned only one thing with time. There's nobody who's going to fucking save you from your money problems. You and only you have the ability to create assets, get rid of the liabilities, and to start making money on your own. You and your CPA will probably be the only two people that will get through that other side from spending like crazy to saving to buying to making. You can do it, especially if you're like me. You don't come from a rich, privileged family. I mean, privilege is what you make of it. I love my bedsheets. Privileged. My cat, my apartment. Privileged. But I also had parents that didn't really believe in what I started when I came to them and said I wanted to go to culinary school when I was 22. So at 39, I think my mom can finally admit that I might have made it. I don't know. My nod. Hats off to her. For doing such a good job and to my father for being such a realist for all these years (laughs) but at some point i'm gonna have to let go and start living life for myself and only myself and i hope that all of you choose to too because all those little rules that everybody made for you that put you in a box tied you with a bow and threw you out the door you are on your own you know Break the confines and the boundaries and all the rules and just go for it. Because at the end of the day, those are the three words I'm going to tell you for your next 10 years. Go for it. Don't care about what anybody else is doing. You know, their plastic surgery, their trip to the islands. Like, what did they do for their 40th? I don't care. I really don't care. I I have a great life and all I need is nice bedsheets. My partner to listen to the cat and that's it. I'm fucking good. <laughs> okay. Maybe like it would be nice to be in Hawaii and it would be nice to have sunshine, avocados, dark chocolate, a couple of best friends, laughter, Ronnie Chang stand up. But besides the thing that's I'm very good, I don't even really need makeup anymore. I'm good. <laughs> All right. I do have a couple of questions I'm supposed to answer um, in today's podcast and by the way don't forget to rate this podcast right now five star rating would be fabulous I can see I can see all of you guys I know you're waiting okay so there's a couple other questions about Candace how did you get to where you are in the field of books oh well that was actually from cook yourself then the same show that Evan sung the New York Times photographer Um, we shot many years ago in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. um, We didn't think it was going to be anything. And then when the show came out, we wrote a book simultaneously with the show. And in 2007, the show exploded. And so did the book. And um, was it 2007? Jesus. Oh, my God. Anyways, when the book took off, I had to pound on the pavement with my own literary agent who just signed me barely. And he said, you can't have a cookbook unless you have your own show. And if it wasn't for little Candace speaking up and saying, but my co-hosts are getting book deals. And that's when he said, hmm, well, if your co-hosts are getting book deals, you're going to get a book deal. And that's how the beginning started. Apparently, I really could write. And I was very good at developing very delicious and easy recipes and it was my integrity and clout in recipe testing where I never gave up but rather would test recipes thoroughly about 6 to 13 times max before putting them in a book my harper collins publishers started calling my recipes foolproof after many years and don't forget i went to culinary school cooked on the line was a food editor at several magazines there's a lot of grit that goes into those books and for the next 10 years, I hope to write even more beautiful books full of prestige, gloss, spirit, actuality, a little bit of factuality, because why not, you know, we got to get out there and just do the damn thing and lay it out. And I'm not going to really sugarcoat a whole lot anymore, but they will be executed to the best of my ability. So we are on our like 18th or 19th month of writing my next book and editing is everything edit, 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 edit until it's perfect. And even then it's not going to be perfect. So <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. All right, one last question for the day. Um, Candice, you often talk about your wild days. Are you still wild? Or how do you strike the balance in life now? Well, that's a great question. I thought about having to wear heels yesterday and it made me cringe. You know, in high school, college, after college, New York, I wore high heels everywhere. I wore them so much because I used to be only a model um, that Stiletto Chef, my company's name actually came from uh a student in my class was like, do you leave culinary school and then go model? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, Oh my God, you're the stiletto chef. And that was just a whole other fluke. I mean, that is one of the, the media companies that I've ran for over, I think 16, 17 years now. And I, I think I had a lot of fun in my teens, 20s and 30s. With the years, I'm okay with staying home in pajamas, lounging, relaxing, taking good care of myself, getting sleep, doing a full nighttime routine with my skincare. Sometimes a full morning routine, but I'm much more into the nighttime routine. I would rather wake up after 10 hours of sleep in a nighttime routine than go out and party. I would rather go to dinner with a couple friends and have a little bit of tequila or like one, you know, whiskey neat, than go crazy like I used to. I mean, trust me, I was taken out on a lot of dates and I, I feel good about the amount (laughs) that I got in there. (laughs) It was awesome. Girls, please go out with as many men as possible. There's no other way to live as far as I'm concerned. Unless you, you know, I guess you could live another way. But frankly, I I like the way that it the cards landed for me. So, you know, when I'm celebrating now, I think we have something fun planned. It'll be the first time ever, I think, in my life. Maybe the second since I was a child and my mom used to plan my birthdays. After, you know, I got older, I started just throwing my own parties. But I think this year... That I might get a little bit of help with Shiseido, my family. So kind. And I'm excited. I think they might be helping to throw my party, which I'm so grateful for. Hands on my heart. Um, but parties, you know, they're not the important thing. The important thing is the essence of the people that will surround you on that day to remember you and create those memories. So when you are not celebrating like it's totally cool to not do anything too I didn't do anything in 2020 and 2021 I went out with like three girlfriends I think it's really important for you to set the tone and value that like at the end of the day as long as those people that you love know you love them and I know they love me that is that's it you know if I had to die tomorrow I would be okay with the contributions that I made. I would be sad to go. But, you know, like my mom said, I might die before my cat. So <laughs> so there you go. All truth. No lies. All facts. Love you guys. Have a great, fabulous week. The Shiseido Show has dropped three episodes so far. I need you guys to go to YouTube. Type in Shiseido USA. And check out the episodes. Comment, comment, comment. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and set up any notifications for all of our shows on my YouTube channel, on Shiseido's channel, and then also to write a five-star review for the podcast. I'll try to read them again in the next few weeks. I have been so packed with writing because I'm dedicated to the new book. I haven't been able to put out a newsletter in a while. So the next one that you see come out, know that I do write every single one on my own. They take a very long time and I'm going to write a new one. So please sign up for the newsletter, but mostly just go out there and be a good person. I could care less if you did any of that stuff really and truthfully. Well, sort of. I mean, it's good for you to support a girl, (laughs) but also... you're a good person and you go out there into this world and you share love and kindness with others that's got to be the greatest gift and probably the only birthday gift that I really give a shit about I hope and pray that more people can turn a leaf a new leaf this year and they can start to see that spirituality like-mindedness kindness giving these are things that we all need a little bit more of through love Go out there and love one another. Be a good person. Stay away from the fakes and the phonies and the scammers. And keep it wabi-sabi. I'll see you guys on the next episode of the Wabi-sabi podcast. So until then, if you want more Candice juiciness, check out our Shiseido show at YouTube, uh, Shiseido USA channel. Like and comment and share. And please help to comment on TikTok. Here we go, cheesy. Alright, it's 2.40. I better go, you guys. I love you, and I'll talk to you very soon.